Welcome to the Black Doctor Collective Podcast. We as Black doctors are in a unique position. We can change our communities, healthcare, and the world. Of course, we start by changing the way we see and value ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Shanika Horn, pediatrician and physician coach, travel extraordinaire. I am so happy to have you here and listening. So let's get into it. Hello, hello. Okay, I think at this point you realize I'm obsessed with personal development, right? And I accredit it to where I am today and how I've been successful in my career. So we talked a little bit last episode about setting your own metrics. um, And I hope you had the chance to check out the NAP ministry, N-A-P, like sleeping, uh, ministry, and to listen to Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, specifically the episodes with Lovey Ajayi-Jones, Bozuma St. John, and Nedra Tawab, who all have great interviews and who you should be following on Instagram if you're not already doing so. Also, Lovey has two fantastic books out and a three, actually three fantastic books out because one is geared towards teens, but Professional Troublemaker, highly recommend. Also, Nedra Tawab's uh, Set Boundaries, Find Peace book, mm, magnificent. And Bozuma St. John just released her book, I believe this week. So check all of those out if you're also interested in reading Great books by black women authors that are promoting personal development and their struggles in in everything, in life. Okay, so, um, I, I mean, you know, I connect to it because I think my own personal development journey was fueled by what I felt was burnout. And I always have to look up the definition of burnout because it's different for everybody, but some guy in 1975 named Freudenberger Uh, Define burnout as a constellation of symptoms, including malaise, fatigue, frustration, cynicism, and an efficacy that arise from making excessive demands, pay attention to excessive demands, on energy, strength, or resources in the workplace. And this I found in a PubMed article from Federal Practitioner. Um, And I was like... If making excessive demands on energy, strength, and resources isn't the very definition of careers in healthcare right now, I really don't know what could better define it. The other term that I recently discovered was moral injury because a lot of people don't feel like they're burnt out. And and so I'm going to read you the definition. The concept of burnout resonates poorly with physicians. It suggests a failure of resourcefulness and resilience, traits that most physicians have finally honed during decades of intense training and demanding work. Most physicians enter medicine following a calling rather than a career path, and they go into the field with this desire to help people. Most approach it with almost religious zeal, enduring lost sleep, lost years of young adulthood, huge opportunity costs, family strain, financial instability, disregard for personal health, and a multitude of other challenges. Each hurdle offers a lesson in endurance in the service of one's goals, which starting in the third year of medical school is sharply focused on ensuring the best care for one's patients. 
Failing to consistently meet patients' needs has profound impact on a physician's well-being. This is the crux of consequent moral injury. Physicians are smart, tough, durable, resourceful people. If there was a way to MacGyver themselves out of this situation by working harder, smarter, or differently, they would have done it already. That is the quote from an article defining moral injury. Can we please take a moment of silence for all of us suffering through the trauma of everyday medicine? Good Lord. So many of us are trying to fit into the structure that's set for us, this very broken system. How can we feel good when we know we're not offering the best of anything to the very people we sacrificed our own youth to save. So by not setting our own goals and metrics, what ends up happening is that we fall short on these externally determined expectations and we feel like we failed, especially when that's the metric, the only metric we have to work towards. Both burnout and moral injury, because they're slightly different, they both support our imposter syndrome. We start to think that we are unqualified or undeserving to be there. We feed our imposter syndrome. We think about the ways in which we have a deficit. We aren't trained in leadership, communication, or negotiation. We internalize all the ways we do not fit the mold. We need to get, then we feel we need to get more training or one more certification, we sign on for additional residencies, fellowships, because as the quote says, we are tough, right? We can survive, we are resourceful, and we have succeeded through education, so we think, okay, well maybe we can learn our way out. This is like the reason why so many coaching programs, education programs, anything on personal development focuses on mindset, is why these exist to begin with, honestly, all these programs. Because we have to unlearn all of these damaging beliefs that we've observed from external sources and that we feed with our own internal environment. Like, think about how arbitrary it is that someone has created a system and they continuously assign you with more work with less resources. And you, being you, me being me, we step up to the plate repeatedly. We work harder, we work for free. We work through lunch breaks, we don't eat. We don't use the restroom, we don't sleep. And because of these poor habits that we're taught and and were reinforced in our training programs, they've basically become the norm. These bad habits easily transition into our adult mature practice. So now when you think about how you're failing at sustaining the unsustainable, that's when someone calls you into their little office and tells you that it's because you didn't fit, that you as you are unacceptable. And it's not even true, it's simply not true. Think about all the obstacles like we have all overcome, right? Think about the failures you survived, the sleepless nights, the countless hours of studying or working. Think about the size of the sacrifice. 
the way we sacrificed our time spent with family, the vacations we didn't take, the events we didn't attend to get to where you are today. I just think of like, I could have had a lot more fun, but I was studying and subsequently working for underpayment. It's like all of those things, honestly, all of those things are not even the reason you deserve to be here. It's not like about how much work you do outside of work, right? If you're here, it's because you deserve to be here. So with all of these examples of discouragement and which is completely not a unique experience, I mean, I think you can think of like a million personal tales where you were discouraged, right? But based on the way that people have spoken to you and treated you, ask how much you have internalized this. It's really easy to see how this would lead to negative self-talk, right? You take the constant feedback you receive from not thriving and it becomes about yourself. But is being hard on yourself motivating or self-injurious? I do not want you to link the ability to survive, be resilient, overcome, to work harder than everyone else, to be your reasons for why you deserve something. Because you deserve to be there because you are you and anything you want for yourself, you should have. You are entitled to good things. You are entitled to have your work recognized, to make more money, to be respected and valued. It's time to shift the conversation from who we aren't to who we are. It's so easy to forget. And this like journey, like healing is a journey. So generally, I think people have a hard time talking about themselves. If I asked you right now to list things that you're good at, would you be able to do so without hesitation? Is one of the things you're good at negative self-talk? Like, you know, as children, I think the actions and the words of others is shaping both positively and negatively. And as adults, the words and promises we make to ourselves are what's really shaping. The way we treat ourselves is often shaped by our environment, but it can be changed with some conscious effort. I mean, each of us has overcome hurdles, barriers. We've had successes to be in this career. We are the reflection of what's possible. There are so many things that we have decided to do in spite of the initial thought that it may be hard. And then at these stages, we still deprecate so easily. We still self-deprecate. So this week's challenge is not about changing our work environment yet. It's about changing our internal one So our first assignment is to examine what you're saying about yourself. How do you limit yourself? What are the caps you have set on the things that you deserve? Do you realize that you decide what you can and cannot do? I know we have this feeling of this pervasive feeling of powerlessness, especially in medicine. Like we just have to get through. We can't negotiate. Some things are are set. But we choose every day to go to those places, right? We choose every day to find the ways to support ourselves and to pay for student loans. And those are the choices that we're making. All of these are still choices. 
So everyone should be doing something that calls into examination the thoughts and beliefs that do not work for us. I'm very curious. I really want to know what everyone's doing to reframe some of the thoughts that are harmful to themselves. Secondly, I want you to tap into your resources. We talked about being resourceful. That is our skill. That is our superpower. So whether it's reading, podcasting, journaling with prompts, you need to start changing your own mind. It's not always important to know the answers to all of our problems right away, but knowing not this, like this is not it. That's also important. Third, I want you to start paying attention to the environmental cues that are feeding your doubts and your negative views. So look at your job. What metrics are you being measured against? How are you being given feedback? Is it constructive? Is it formal or informal? How often is this happening? Sometimes it's outside of the formal setting, right? So you could be getting informal, hearing informal comments or someone's telling you something about yourself, you know, just on the side. All of those are important cues. Um, so I, you know, also look at your social media. Haha. <laughs> look at the accounts you follow. Who is triggering your comparisitis, right? Who is doing a look at me Instagram versus a learn from me Instagram. Look at the ways you're spending your leisurely time. It's great for entertainment, social media, but it also does change the way you view yourself. So, you know, be very cognizant about which accounts you're choosing. I also spend a lot of time on my own personal self-development. In learning about myself, I have become a better self-advocate I now regularly speak up for what I want. If I want more pay, I ask. If I want less hours, more flexible schedule, ample vacation time. But the ability to ask only came after I worked through my burnout, my moral injuries, through my imposter syndrome, through clarity of what my goals are, what I wanted for myself. Um, the way I got there was reading listening to this podcast, I gave you some great recommendations, uh, journaling. I mean, it's going to look different for everybody. And, you know, sometimes my practice includes meditation. Sometimes it includes solitude, but it's really just important that it's happening in whatever form works best for you. I like to read books by people who are challenging things, um, that I've taken a status quo. I love to read things that shake up the doubt I feel. Um, I am, making a list of personal development books and recommendations that you can find on theblackdoctor.com. And that will link to my Amazon storefront, which full disclosure does offer commission. If you click on the links, you're also welcome to just search for those books. They are fantastic resources to start changing your mind. I think whether or not you know, you can do all of the things. I think it's important to at least start small. You can read an affirmation. You can read a book you connect to. If you don't feel like you have the time to read, you can listen to an audio book. You can listen to shorter podcasts. There's just so many choices um, and really no reason why you can 
not be doing these things. You have the time and you need to have the time. It's important. Uh, At the end of each day, I challenge you to ask yourself, have you offered yourself any encouragement today? Have you reminded yourself of your qualifications? All of those things you need to be doing on a regular basis because you're building a practice. Just the way you've practiced a million of your other things, you practice how to do all of your workplace things. That's why you've gotten good at them. You need to practice everything else as well. So it's really important to dedicate time to those activities. So one, just looking at your self thoughts, thoughts about yourself, what you say to yourself. Two, tapping into your resources, books, podcasts, and three, paying attention to those environmental cues. I hope you have an excellent next two weeks. Thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And what I want you to do next is write a review. I'm going to make this so easy for you. Just go ahead and give me five stars, but also leave a comment that tells me how we can be off the charts. I want you to link us everywhere you can. Instagram at The Black Doctor, The Black Doctor website to join our newsletter. Just become part of our collective. I want you here. Thanks. Until next time. Bye. Bye.